Hi everyone, Robbie here. I'm pleased to announce my newest horror novel, Killer Hockey Mascot, available for pre-order now. Here is a brief description. Gutsy is the new mascot of the Baltimore Brawlers, and he's a viral sensation. Big, red, and full of mischief, he's taken the world by storm. Tom Reynolds needs to pay his bills, and the job of playing Gutsy has fallen into his lap. He's deep in debt, and if playing a hockey mascot is what it takes, he'll do it. No one mentioned how playing Gutsy would change him, or the strange feelings that persist even after he takes off the costume for the night, or the sudden spate of brutal murders near the arena. But no job is perfect, right? And then the nightmares start. Nightmares, where he's stalking people, seeing with a cursed red gaze, and filled with a terrible urge to feed an insatiable hunger. Tom quickly realizes these aren't just nightmares. He's made a connection with Gutsy, and he's watching Gutsy's late-night slaughters in his sleep. Gutsy isn't just a costume. Gutsy is alive, and he must kill. Now, Tom must solve the mystery of Gutsy's origin and stop him, before the death toll rises and Gutsy grows into something unstoppable. Killer Hockey Mascot is available for pre-order for both Kindle and print, and the link to purchase it will be in the show notes. Killer Hockey Mascot is a lot of fun and great for fans of either Monster or Slasher stories. I would love for you to check it out. Enjoy the show. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. I love takeoffs of old, horrible movies. It's it's so much fun, and the TV shows at the time. That's just wonderful. That's ugh. At least one of these is pretty good. <laughs> love your enthusiasm, Matt. <laughs> I could tell you're really excited about today's episode. I do what I can. At least the last one is good. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, hi, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, you can get a nice episode of our bonus content. $5 a month gains you access to that, plus new episodes early and uncut, plus episodes from the back catalog that have fallen off the main feed. Uh, you can find them there as well as they as they go. Uh, we have someone to thank, Matthew. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Patrick Owens. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. This week's episode is Trios of Horror, number 19, episode KABF16, originally aired November 2nd, 2008. I am firmly against airing Halloween episodes in November. Doesn't make sense. We're all against that, really. Make it, do the episode before Halloween. I don't care if it's a, a week before Halloween. Do it. Why? Like, it's Halloween's already over. I'm already, I'm already on, moving on to Thanksgiving mode. Thanksgiving and Christmas mode. I'm already moving forward. Okay? I'm already thinking about Look, turkeys. The, the Christmas tree goes up on November 1st. It's just the way it works. I, I don't... Okay. I don't... That's... I do not do that, Matt. I wait. We wait until after Thanksgiving to put up the tree. Uh, that's, I put up my Thanksgiving tree on November 1st. I wish I had Thanksgiving as a tree. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. It just involves eating. It's perfect. Is this Any good day off, yeah. just like Christmas. Is this, is, yeah, it's just food, though. You don't have to worry about presents. You know, you do, All you do is eat food. 
Uh, this episode is written by Matt Warburton, Matt Warburton, directed by Bob Anderson, received a 6.8 rating with 12.4 million viewers, did quite well. It is a Trials of Horror episode. Uh, the episode is the introduction. There's no couch gag, no chalkboard gag. It is uh, a extended intro where Homer tries to vote uh, in the 2008 presidential election between Obama and McCain, and the machine is rigged and sucks him in and kills him. Don't really have an appetite for this, man. No, political jokes never really age super well. And maybe don't try and instigate distrust in our political system, at least the voting. Don't do not do that. It's hard enough to get people to vote as it is. When you tell them there's no... When the machines themselves are going to kill you. I Yeah, I know it's parody. I know, but most people watching this are stupid, so don't. Okay. Very exciting. <laughs> That's we started off with that. Um, the first of the three Trails of Horror segments is Untitled Robot Parody. We're giving it a couple fake names first, but it settles on Untitled Robot Parody. This is a Transformers parody, and the Transformers parody in the style of the Michael Bay films, very more, much more closely than the old cartoons. I think it's kind of hard to get a read on this because it's very short and does almost nothing yeah it's really short and if it's supposed to be a parody of the uh michael bay transformers movies it, it doesn't really start like they do and those you know somebody well uh, uh sheila booth uh finds one of them and befriends him it's not like oh given to as a gift and then they turn other things into transmorphers or whatever they call them i don't know it's really strange it's very strange um shia labeouf was busy eating uh human flesh so they couldn't get him for this i guess that's true be funny bart made friends with the shia labeouf kid who had a transformer friend but uh yes as matt mentioned the uh, the 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 segment begins with bart going christmas shopping which is uh, again also that all of the all only only the third one is actually set during halloween and the first one is set explicitly during christmas um and we have bart shopping Shopping for Christmas presents. <laughs> Montreal Expo's jersey. Somber string. Jack Snowball. And a slunky. Oh, I wouldn't give these to my worst enemy, which happens to be Lisa. Girls don't like trucks. Come back when you're something else. <gasps> Perfect. Merry Christmas, Dad. We bought you three more minutes of oxygen. Oh, thank you, son. Can I play with it outside? Can I, can I? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Hilarious, the thought of not being able to afford medical care for your aging father. <laughs> you don't think that's funny, Matt? I mean, I laugh, don't get me wrong, but it's also sad. I, yeah, I don't know. There's like, it's not, I don't know. I, I I couldn't help but think, especially during these first two segments, the third is better. But the first two in particular, there is just so much less of an impact because the general tone of the normal episodes are the these are indistinguishable. They are indistinguishable from normal episodes now. Well yeah, because oh, normal episodes have gotten so wacky they're like, Oh yeah, this is just how a normal episode is like will Transformers show up in a random Simpsons episode during the season? I don't know. Kang and Kodos did. Uh, and like literally, like you know, they had robot killer robots last in our last episode. Killer robot vacuums. Yeah, that's true. So what? 
Like it, it just feels like you know, there's Tristan R used to be so special because it it had the Simpsons going f- further. There's blood and murder, and it kind of pushed the envelope about what we would normally see. And now they're just normal, and, and especially if they don't go into full on uh, homages, they don't go into full on uh, like style parodies like they do later on with uh, the Charlie Brown thing it feels like this just could be a normal episode of the Simpsons. Um, so Lisa gets her present. It looks like a um, Malibu Stacy car at first, uh, but then we watch it um, transform back into its normal shape. And then it, it, she, and she, and Lisa likes it at first, but then while it's, while she's asleep, it turns other electronics into robots, which is not how transformers work. But whatever. Not even a little bit. I don't, don't, oh, don't worry. It gets worse. I don't, like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, there's Matt has written down one of them is named Sex Toy, which I didn't. I'm Matt. I'm going to give you applause for this. This uh, this segment in particular made me want to like fall asleep. <laughs> I, I was so stupid and boring, but I just happened to look over and the first Transformer goes, hey, where's Sex Toy? When they asked him, where have you been? He goes, where haven't I been? I just, I rolled my eyes so hard that I almost passed out, quite frankly. But then, but then, as I guess Transformers does, we have a bunch of, it quickly devolves. It's very fast because we get a single scene of him, like, getting other robots, waking waking the robots up. Maybe they were always robots, man. Maybe they're always Transformers and they've just been in hiding. Of course. Sure, sure. It's the only conclusion I can come to. Um, But we... I think it's literally the next day where we see Homer get into the car. It transforms and then fights Flanders car, which is, I guess the evil, one of the evil robots, but they're all evil robots. It's not very hard to say what is happening at this point. We get, I can't really pull a clip of this because it's like just two minutes of noises of robots, like fighting each other over spring around Springfield. Like, mm-hmm. cause at this point they're gigantic. They started out tiny, like the size of a, you know, a, a car for a Malibu Stacy doll, and now they're gigantic for some reason. And I, we get a bit, like, I remember that we get a bit, Quickie Mart and Pooh tells them to stop fighting because they're making the cheese dispensing robot cry, and it's crying cheese. Yeah. That's the level of jokes we're getting. I just want to, I just want to be specific like that. We see a, a cheese robot cry cheese. Haha, uh-huh, hilarious. Very funny. Um, but that like it's just this. It's just chaos. This uh, this this first this first segment is very short, very not funny, very bland. It feels very much generic. We needed we wanted a robot thing. We had an idea for a robot thing. Um eventually, after a couple minutes of just random destruction and fighting by the robots throughout uh Springfield, we have March. Stepping in to try and stop them from fighting each other. Carnage Destructicus, the moment has arrived. Our final battle. Your final battle, Bestimus Mucho. Stop it! Just because you're mad at each other doesn't mean you have to destroy our town. That does not compute. Really? It computes a little. What's this whole intergalactic tiff about anyway? You know, I... I... 
don't remember. Neither do I. Hmm, maybe the non-transformer thing is right. Thank you, human grandmother, for pointing out that it is futile to fight if we do not know why. And now that we are not fighting each other, we can team up to enslave your planet. That's great, because working together you could... Oh. Okay, who's the idiot who taught them what foosball was? I thought they might enjoy it. The robots are using the Springfield Towns people as foosball paddles in a big foosball table. And that's the end. That's the end. Uh, it feels like they've done that before because they have. <laughs> Not the foosball ending, but just, this is just a King Codis ending and replace it with robots. Uh... Wah, wah. We go to commercial at six minutes and 31 seconds. Oh, don't worry. Uh, very little happens in this one either. Uh, it seems like they've spent all of their time and effort on the third one. But I guess uh, so. the next one up is how to get ahead in dead advertising. Uh, and it's got a Mad Men style intro or a Mad Men style um, title card uh, with Homer playing for um, Don Draper. So it starts off with Homer and Marge dropping Maggie off at daycare. Um Maggie is a little scared at first, but Homer reminds her that uh, she knows Krusty, and Krusty is all over the place. He's all over the walls, all over the stuff in the daycare center. And then eventually, Krusty himself shows up uh, to tear it all down, because apparently they didn't pay for Krusty's image licenses, so he has uh, some people sandblast his image off of everything. Basically destroying all of the artwork in the daycare center. Good job, Krusty. So, uh, Homer uh, attempts to reason with Krusty, but through some shenanigans, Krusty ends up getting thrown into a wood chipper and dies. Then Homer attempts to give CPR to his heart. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there are no consequences for this, just like a regular episode. Uh, I was going to be a Treehouse of Horror thing, but, you know. I was going to say that. I don't know. Like, there is... There is... There, well, I don't... Okay, Matt, I'm going to ask your opinion about this. Mm-hmm. I feel like there should still be just because it's just doesn't mean that you can't write any sense of realism into an episode. Cause this whole, the whole premise of this whole segment is Homer is good at killing celebrities, but apparently, but you can't just kill people, especially can't there just are consequences, kill, especially just can't kill celebrities. Like that's even harder <laughs> to get away with. So, and they're just like, yeah, that's the way it is. Okay. We just have to accept that. All right, cool. Indeed. Uh, but this leads to a job for Homer, essentially, uh, where uh, he is has to hunt the celebrities for an incredibly stupid reason. Mr. Simpson, you have quite a talent for killing celebrities. <laughs> well, I'm no drunk driving. I'd like to introduce you to some stereotypical ad men. Simpson, we got a swell little notion for you. Did you know you can put a dead celebrity in a commercial and you don't have to pay them a thing? Oh my god, you finally did it! You mixed Buzz Cola with the smooth, rich taste of lemon! Unfortunately, there are certain stars who won't do what we want. What's their problem? <laughs> They're still alive. And then we thought, who's good at killing celebrities? Me! That's right! 
Homer, would you be willing to acquire some more um, uh, accounts for us? Well, you know, it is awfully hot today. <laughs> so, yes, uh, apparently these ad men have decided they want to put celebrities in commercials and they stand to gain quite a bit of money. So they're going to pay Homer to kill the celebrities and no one seems to care because we next get a uh, <laughs> a montage of Homer killing celebrities, uh, in particular George Clooney, Prince and Neil Armstrong uh, to Psycho Killer, the song. And, uh, yeah, no one really seems to care. I mean, I'll hear, Matt, Psycho Killers, I like, that's a good song. It is a good song. You're right about that. It's a good song. So I liked hearing it. Um, not a lot of jokes here. Well, it seems like they think they're jokes, but they're not. I, like, take Prince, for example. Uh, it's a, it's a, it is a caricature of Prince, and he, hangs up his guitar that's shaped like the, the you know the, the prince symbol mm-hmm. and homer uses the prince symbol to first choke prince to death and then stab him with that guitar that's there's not a that's not a joke there's no gag there that, that's just it's just a thing i recognize but it's not a, but some no, people find things they recognize funny like oh i recognize that and it gives them a rush of endorphins and they call it good enough <laughs> Fair enough. That's that's fair, Matt. But that's like that's all of them. There there is no jokes here. There's no gags. Like, oh, let's kill these celebrities in funny, ironic ways. Yeah, and why why is Homer good at this? He just he, he managed to get places he shouldn't. He accidentally killed Krusty once. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> so uh and, and okay, but, but, but let's the only one other thing we want to talk about is they're doing this so that they can use them without paying license fees. But correct. That, but doesn't that stuff just get transferred to their to the to the, to the whoever their children or Robbie, whatever? Robbie, Robbie, Robbie. What have we talked about bringing reality into the Simpsons? I mean, I'm fine with it, but they brought this in. Okay, I didn't ask them to do this; <laughs> they did it. And they like, sure. And did. here, and this is the other thing that this is like actually interesting to me. Like all, like everything around this, it has a lot of really fun and compelling things. They could poke a lot of fun at they could really like they could satire hard because this is even more relevant today with like the use of holograms yeah uh, of people after they have passed to put on concerts like that there is even more of it now than there ever was so this is back in 2008 before that ever really started and there's the the confluence of marketing and money and and selling people after they're dead and that's all in selling out. Like that's all really interesting. And, and like, you could really say something and like, and with a Charles Bar episode, there's no real limits. You can go really hard with it, but this feels like, so tame, so toothless. <sighs> and boring on top of that. Yes. I guess the thing is, oh boy, the, oh my it's Lord. not interesting. No, it's very boring. Yeah. So, uh, while this is all going on, uh, we also see, as part of the montage, we see the ads that the uh, now dead celebrities are promoting, and it's it's some kind of vomit and I think a car or something. It's 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 all incredibly stupid. John Wayne is is uh, hawking, uh, oh, uh, stock trading or something like that. It's just meh. It's incredibly dumb. No, uh, like, but here another opportunity. How like really like go hard on this stuff, but it just it's so bland. It's so kind of meh. It's it's so very like not. It's so milk toast. Like you could have them uh, do uh, 
advertising for things that they would have hated in life. But no, it's just vomit. It's just things. Ooh. Yeah, you're like, oh, this is what did you guys just have a list and these were your best choices? It feels like it. I suppose. Yeah. They went safe despite it being a treehouse of horror. Anyway, so uh meanwhile, up in heaven. We can't just sit here while they exploit our images. Hey, John Wayne, have you heard about StockSwapper.org's low, low transaction fees? Sounds like quite a deal, Pilgrim. I hate transaction fees. <laughs> hey, George Washington, see if you think this is funny. It's the Springfield Wedding Chapel's annual President's Day Marriage-a-thon. That ad implies that Mr. Lincoln and I are betraying familiarities. It's an outrage. Uh, uh, yes, uh, an outrage. I don't <laughs> so are we going to sit here flapping our jaws, or are we going to do something about it? Now, wait just a, a gosh darn minute here. We can't go taking the law into our own hands. These are people with hopes and dreams. And, and, uh... Put a sock in it, Mushmouth. All we are saying is let's eat some brains. So, yes, I would like to point out that the idea that John Wayne or Krusty would get into heaven is... Uh, far-fetched at best i i want to i want to specifically point this out matt they literally had a treehouse of horror segment where john wayne was in hell yeah and they and they woke him up because, they woke yeah up. they we woke, all know that john wayne went to hell john wayne is absolutely if hell is a place john wayne is there there's not even a doubt in my mind crusty would also be in hell and they've also done that before that is literally another treehouse of horror where they talk about crusty being in hell and I, can I add that this is so abrupt? Like, we just cut to heaven. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, I mean, it's a treehouse of four. I'm willing to give them a little leeway. But yeah, we just cut right to heaven. And oh, well, I guess the dead are coming back. Well, I mean, you you tease it once. That's all, that's all I'm asking for. It's just a tease of like, of, well, or here, when Krusty dies, literally, when he's thrown into the wood chipper, we watch his, his like little angel spirit ascend and as he's he's watching at like we get Krusty's perspective as he enters heaven and that le at least gives us a little bit of that like oh right heaven and Krusty like that's all I'm asking for it just feels like again it's just like oh well we need it to happen so boom it happens we don't have enough time we spent eight minutes with the uh, with Millhouse Charlie Brown so we don't have time for 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 like segues really for just like interme intermediary scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and, and how do, I I guess I I should not be asking how, but it's just I do have the question like they just decide can can people in can the dead people in heaven just decide to come back if they want to enough. I guess so. I mean, I have to break through the gates. You remember the bit in Ghostbusters when, like, the buildup of supernatural activity and all the ghosts start coming out of nowhere? Like, it feels like such a, like, it's big. It's like, oh, no, we're in danger. This has never happened before. It, yeah. I mean, humans have been on Earth for tens of thousands of years, and now they're coming back? What? And it feels like, oh, it's because of all of this behavior and all this activity that suddenly it's rising to this big dangerous climax and you're like okay 
but all it takes is Homer killing literally four celebrities. Five? That's all it takes is that their well, it's their image being used. So it doesn't matter that, they, that Homer killed them. It matters that their image is being used to hawk stupid products. Okay, fair yeah. enough. All right. Anyway, so yep. okay, so so that's what happens. The yep. celebrities come back. Uh, Homer is throwing a big party at a mansion. Uh, I forget who he said he killed to get the chocolate fountain, but Kate Winslet. Whatever. Kate Winslet, yes. Uh, so Homer is rich now because he killed a bunch of celebrities. Who's paying uh, for this, Matt? The, is the advertising companies? I assume they're paying Homer a lot of money for killing these people. Okay. Uh, because that, that's part of the, the – they basically give him money earlier in the episode when they, they propose this idea. So the celebrities show up and just start killing people. Everyone. Not, not Homer specifically. Just they start killing a whole bunch of people. Uh, and eventually, Homer does die. I'll give he him gets the, to heaven before I'll give they him, get back. I'm sorry. I'll say I'll give the Homer death is pretty good. Okay, he just gets his head exploded by a shotgun by Krusty. At least it's gory. Yes, right. I'll tell him that. That's true. That's true. That's that's a Treehouse of Horror thing you probably couldn't do in the rest of the episodes. But uh, because Homer dies now, he gets to heaven before all the celebrities, and apparently left the key under the mat, and Homer locks them out. It just. Why? What? <laughs> Matt, that's not the worst thing. Uh-huh. I mean, at this point, Homer, it's uh, a nice way to put this, uh, is introduced to the heavenly attributes by Abe Lincoln, uh, who is very clearly hitting on him and grabs Homer's butt. <laughs> what is happening? Mm-hmm. What is happening? I have no idea. I, they just were like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if Abe Lincoln and George Washington made out and one of them was into it, I guess. <laughs> it's so strange. This is very bizarre. Uh, I don't know what's going on. This segment is not good. No humor. No jokes. Zero jokes. Not funny. First two segments, zero jokes. Not a thing I laughed at. Not once. Yep. And thankfully, at this point, we go to a commercial and we can get to the only halfway decent skit of this episode. Yes, this is the this is clearly the the winner of among these three. Even if even if it, I I have seen this one before, Matt. I've seen this segment before. I don't know if I've watched this whole thing before, but I've certainly seen the the Grand Pumpkin one before. And it, I maybe it's because it's attached to this Drek. I was a little little underwhelmed this time by the Grand Pumpkin Millhouse. It's way better than the first two don't get me wrong but it still felt a little i don't know a little less good than i remember it as maybe that's but i that shouldn't be too surprising um this it is time for the it's it's the grand pumpkin millhouse uh comes we come back at 1347 um and we get kind of an intro into the simpsons this and springfield as charlie brown in the an a la the old animated specials and uh they they and I, I will absolutely call this out, Matt. And I, you, I almost guarantee you probably agree with me. But a lot of the charm of this, they just, they just like I like this, but I also like the Charlie Brown specials. That's fair. I mean, the Charlie Brown specials hold a special place in the heart of a lot of people, and I think that's who they were aiming this at. But like, it's very much like, well, I like that art style. I find it charming, and I like Vince Guaraldi. <laughs> Vince Guaraldi's music is very good. And by using both of those things, I'm not necessarily going to give a lot of credit to The Simpsons. That's that's Charles Schultz and Vince Guaraldi who did those things. The Simpsons didn't do anything special. 
but by stealing, it's like it, uh, it's like a uh, Tom Hanks giving the government some of his goodwill. It's like Charles Schultz and Vince Guaraldi giving the Simpsons. <laughs> his goodwill um so we have millhouse linus is linus lisa is sally um bart is charlie brown i'm not uh ralph is Pigpen. do we get any other direct analogs i don't think so uh because i know nelson shows up at a couple points but he's just himself yeah a lot of characters are just themselves um, and we get, uh, this is honestly probably my favorite part of this segment, where it's just the setup, where it's kind of like just seeing the Simpsons interact in a quote-unquote Charlie Brown-esque uh, world. I like your witch costume, Lisa. I'm not a witch. I'm a Wiccan. Why is it when a woman is confident and powerful, they call her a witch? <laughs> What'd you say, Mom? Nothing. I'm practicing my trombone. <laughs> So, what are you wearing to the Halloween party, Millhouse? I'm not going to the party. I'm going to the pumpkin patch to wait for the Grand Pumpkin. <laughs> that means you kids have fun. What's the Grand Pumpkin? Every Halloween, the Grand Pumpkin visits all the pumpkin patches in the world and brings candy to kids who truly believe. Millhouse, for the last time, I made that up to mess with you. The Grand Pumpkin isn't real. I appreciate you testing my faith, Bart, but it's not necessary. I believe in the Grand Pumpkin Almighty Gourd who was crustified over Pontius Pie Plate and ascended into oven. He will come again to judge the filling and the bread sigh i gotta say i'm pretty impressed with their ability to fill in pie related puns into uh a prayer like that that's the thing Matt. like and i maybe it's just because the first two are so devoid of personality and and, and flavor like it just they're just the most bland generic interpretations of those premises just this one little bit there you know where we listen to millhouse say this little prayer to the grand pumpkin like that put that everywhere guys put that do that all over the episode don't just use it here do that yeah. apply that same principle of oh we want to make this as good as possible we want to fill this up with all these little very little charming little puns that make sense in the context of the story and give this world flavor and and personality and give millhouse flavor and personality by extension do that to everything <laughs> Why? Like, why is there a transformer called sex toy? Why couldn't you think of a sex toy pun? Like, that's that's more clever. Like, it's that thing where it's just right. like, well, apply to everything. Yeah, always come up with funny names for stuff. It, it generally helps when there are no jokes in the rest of your episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I really like this. Like, and the 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 jokes about how parents how parents talk in charlie brown and the the art style is emblematic of the charlie brown animation with the the kind of static kind of ugly backgrounds even and the the characters are drawn a little bit flatter it's a little simpler and it works really well it 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 does a very good job of kind of bridging that gap between what the simpsons are and what the charlie brown specials were and i i I appreciate that a lot. And again, it feels like there's effort here, which goes a long way. Um, so everyone else basically uh, goes to do Halloween stuff. There's a Halloween party, I guess, at Springfield Elementary. And but Milhouse goes to the pumpkin patch because he is going to wait there for the grand pumpkin. 
even though Bart tells him explicitly that he made it up. Um, yes, and Milhouse just responds that he's testing his faith. I mean, oh boy. I don't. Can't you just have Milhouse believe this story? It's it's fine, Matt. It's fine. This is all fine. Like okay. I, this is at least like believable. Like it's little kids being stupid. Like yeah, okay, fine. I'll take it. Um, again, like it at least is immersed itself in the world they've built in this little tiny segment. Um, Mills is visited by all the kids. Here we get we get uh, Lisa and and Bart and Ralph and the bullies. And they make fun of him for a bit. I think Nelson punches him once, or at least makes fun of him. I forget. Pretty sure he punches him. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's Nelson. Um, but they go bob for apples, but Lisa stays behind. Um, she says because Nelson, uh, not Nelson, but Millhouse can't see when he's crying so much. But it just feels actually like, no, Lisa's being genuine. Uh, she And she's, you know, being nice. Like, that's, again, even a, like... It is not a lot. It is the barest minimum. But in these kind of segments, just the you don't have to do a lot. You just make this like very broad gesture of like, no, these are actual these are people. Like to give us this to suspend our disbelief just for a moment, where no, Lisa is doing a nice thing. That's all it is. Um, Great Pumpkin doesn't show up though, and we get some fun, more Charlie Brown fun, Charlie Brown esque stuff here with Lisa yelling as loud as she can at Millhouse for disappointing her. Um, ends up like punching her, ki- kicking, mil- punching or kicking Milhouse. I forget which one it is, but Milhouse flies back cartoonishly, very emblematic again. Charlie Brown, and then uh, Milhouse is disappointed because he had Lisa. She's gone now, and the Grand Pumpkin's nowhere to be seen. And he starts. He he leans over a big pumpkin, starts crying, and then dun dun dun, the Grand Pumpkin arrives. The Grand Pumpkin! You are real! That's right, Milhouse. Your childlike belief has brought me to life. I knew you'd come. I even baked you a loaf of homemade pumpkin bread. Oh, how delightful. Bread made especially for pumpkins. Hmm. Hmm. Actually, it's made from pumpkins. What? <laughs> Uh oh. Revenge! <laughs> I'm gonna give you crossed eyes like you might see on an idiot, a stupid triangle nose, and a big mouth full of the ugliest shaped teeth there are. Square. And I'm gonna make your friends watch. No! Ladies, Grand Pumpkin arrives and is immediately horrified to start murdering people. Yes, this and like this is—I don't mind this honestly. Just Grand Pumpkin being a big monster—that's fine. Um, upset that we are mutilating and killing many, 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 many pumpkins. Not bad. It's not bad. It's fine. This is like the only bits of humor I get in this entire episode. So I'll take it. Um, the pumpkin being horrified at what we do to pumpkins. Makes and sense. Makes, yeah, exactly. If, if you're a big pumpkin and you see a bunch of people killing pumpkins and eating them, you probably be like, what's our, oh my God, my, my people. Um, so pump, grand pumpkin on a rampage. Millhouse runs to the, the, the auditorium to try and warn or the basketball 
court, wherever they're having the party, tries to warn everyone that the Grand Pumpkin is, is alive and is coming to kill them all. Um, but that's the, 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 grand, the grand pumpkins there. That's like, it's not, again, at this point, it kind of breaks down. It's just the grand pumpkins are there. There's not as much personality. Um, here there is, <laughs> I don't know much. We'll see how I feel here. Um, we're going to, we'll talk about this, Matt, after I play the clip because <laughs> the grand pumpkin arrives and he's going to be, uh, starts killing people, eating them. And then we find out also that the grand pumpkin is racist. Touch me and I'll cut your friend. What do I care? That's a yellow pumpkin. <gasps> You're a racist! All pumpkins are racist. The difference is I admit it. I'd rather die than hate! This is all my fault! The grand pumpkin said my childlike belief was what made him come to life. Belief, eh? Hmm. Say, Millhouse, have you by any chance ever heard of Tom Turkey? No. Who is he and what's his origin story? Um, well, Tom is a magical turkey who gave the pilgrims the technology to put buckles on their hats. Now he appears every Thanksgiving to children who believe. Sounds plausible. Tom Turkey, help me. I believe in you. Are you looking for a particular part of my brain or... Halt, yon pumpkin most succulent and plump. I be Tom Turkey. A giant talking turkey? Preposterous. Prepare for the almighty's judgment, thou stinking fruit of rotted vine. Pumpkin segregation forever. Oh. Okay, Matt. Fantastic last words. Pumpkin segregation forever. So, the pumpkin's racist. Grand Pumpkin's racist, Matt. Yep. How do you feel about that? I mean, I'm not a fan of racism in general. So, uh, I mean, it's a bad guy. So, but do you think? I... Do you think it's funny? That is really what I'm asking. No, I don't think it's funny. No. Okay. I I think it's okay. Um. Again, it's an attempt at, like, it's an actual, like, it's a joke, though. I'll give them that. Like, that is a written joke where you set up an it's expectation. It's an attempt at one, yeah. Yeah, you set up an expectation, and then you subvert it with a funny punchline. Like, that's a joke. Like, the, the they actually wrote one. Um, I do, I did laugh at this. It's my only laugh in this whole episode is that is his reaction to uh, Groundskeeper Willie having the seeds, the pumpkin seeds. It's the only time I laughed in this episode. Like that worked on me. The you killed you killed the unborn. You eat the unborn. Like that is in his heart. His he's so horrified. Like that worked. I got that got me. Um. So we get Tom Turkey, a massive giant turkey, who's a. How hard does Millhouse believe these things? Apparently, that's Millhouse's thing. Is he believes things really hard, and he believes them so hard it summons creatures to into existence, like. Millhouse must he has the belief force of like of like a million people. Um so we get the Tom Turkey come to save the day, kills uh the grand pumpkin, the grand racist pumpkin, who is dying words says something racist. And I think that's a little overdoing it. To be fair, that's on my part. I think like the first joke about pumpkin racism is fine, but when you do it again as dying words, it feels like they didn't have anything else, and they're just like, let's say yeah. another thing that's racist for pumpkins. Um Tom Turkey shows up. He's just a massive turkey. And with with a musket. 
With a must, well, he, and, and uh, he has a horn, a horn of plenty. He blows into the Grand Pumpkin's mouth that kills him. And right. the Tom Tom Turkey is they quickly what the 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 end of this is them just is the same gag again, in which they reveal that they eat turkeys, and then Tom Turkey immediately wants to kill them. I I don't know. I feel like that again. Reuse the same gag. Eh. Um, and then we fade out kind of fade away into March. Marge is out uh out of the school as Tom Turkey is chasing and trying to kill all the children and we get a little goodbye, a little outro for March herself. Looks like those kids found the true spirit of Halloween or Thanksgiving or whatever. And for those of you who feel like we've trampled on a beloved children's classic, I encourage you to write to the following address. <laughs> Happy holidays everyone. That's one way to do it, I suppose. <laughs> um, that's fine. I don't mind that as much. It, it, like here, uh, I'll say this: this here, this is my review of this third segment. Mildly entertaining. Do you think that's fair? I would definitely say that's fair. Yeah, mildly entertaining, and therefore I am fine with Marge's little outro there, where she kind of calls out people who would criticize it. They wrote so- if yeah. you write if you write something good if you make something good, or even in this case mildly entertaining, um, you've earned a little bit of like hey, we tried let leave us be like I get it, um, I don't I don't I think upon rewatch my from of this segment in particular I think my my takeaways are oh that wasn't bad that was fun, but also a lot of that fun is strictly owed to peanuts. Charlie Brown. Yes, and it, it's a, it's just the Simpsons doing a decent parody, which is sadly uh, rarer than it should be. It like I mean, it's literally thirty three percent of this episode was watchable. I would say, yeah, <laughs> that that's that's what we're batting here. We're batting three hundred in baseball. That's a good batting average. In the Simpsons, not so much for Trios and Horror. I remember the days when every episode, every single segment was at least watchable, at least entertaining mildly um the first two are absolute trek the third is fun i wouldn't i'm not maybe good maybe good if you don't if you want to discount the fact that they they just use vince garaldi music and charlie brown if you don't i don't know i i i i kind of give them a little bit of like a negative penalty they have a little bit of a handicap because they just use someone else's work <laughs> but whatever it's trails of horror i guess you can argue that i for a lot of the trails of horror segments one for three, Matt. It's one for three. Honestly, for the Simpsons that recently, that's decent. Yeah, if you had told, I don't know, Matt. Like, I don't want to start making deals with the devil. <laughs> where, fair, fair. where, like, you're like, oh well. If what if I told you that a third of the episode is good? Would you, would that satisfy you? I'm like, no. Can we just have a whole one? Can I just have a whole? No, definitely not. We will rank this at the end of the show. Um, there will not be a fix this episode. We do not do fix this episodes for Shields and Horrors. They're a whole different thing. If we did, I would absolutely wipe the first two off the face of the earth. <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> they are pointless. Yeah, there, there's nothing there. Um, but we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Constant News Group is where I ask our patrons over there at patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show what they thought of the episode. They re- they watch. They leave their review. I read it on air. First from Derek. Shock horror. This isn't very good. 
Funnily enough, both Shock and Horror are in short supply in Trance of Horror 19. I don't know what a Transformers parody is doing in a Halloween special, but it sucks regardless. As for Deadvertising, upping the gore factor does not a horror segment make. The last one is definitely the most successful. It's nice to look at. Is it totally boring or resounding? Meh. You sometimes see people opine that despite the decline, Trance will remain consistent. I don't know how well you can sit through them and think that, because I think the Halloween episode, Halloween eps fell just as much victim to the zombification of the show as the regular episodes. Uh, from Lauren, this wasn't good at all. Nothing like having really offensive gay jokes in my Halloween episode was over the top in such a glaring, uninteresting, and boring way. The last one definitely made me smile and started off cute and took a stupid turn. Middle one was my least favorite. The first, first one was confusing and stupid. I'm so disappointed because from what I heard, the dress of horrors were still good. But I haven't seen a good one in years. This was bad. Shock value of a 7. From Tim. The fact that we're up to a Mad Men parody of sorts in season 20 just goes to show how long The Simpsons have been around. I meant that I didn't care much for Untitled Robot Parody, prediction of 45, number 45 in the rankings. While the short How to Get Ahead in Devertising was more than a bit disturbing due to its all-the-time fake death of Prince, I give it a number 32, whereas it's The Grand Pumpkin Millhouse was cute, number 28. Uh, from JJ, the first one reminded me of Attack of the 58 Ice Wars, except that one had a story. This was just Transformers jokes and it wasn't interesting. Second one was weird, and not in a good way. It made me cringe more than it made me laugh. And just like the first one, it wasn't interesting. So the Grand Pumpkin Millhouse is enough of a reason to watch this episode, but I found it weird that the two bad segments are filled with gore. This one was completely bloodless. It's almost like they made the first two extra gory, so the last one wouldn't overshadow them too much. But the Grand Pumpkin could have benefited from a little more horror. Like, why did they have Homer, Willie, and Nelson survive being eaten by the pumpkin? Don't worry, though. The next dress of horror is actually really good. All right, JJ. Sure it is. You better not be. You trying to pull? If you try and pull this, I think he's yanking our chains. I want to. I want to. I want it to be good. You want to believe? I want to believe. <laughs> like Fox Mulder over here. Uh, from Casey. These modern years of The Simpsons will count ourselves lucky to have one out of three be either charming, unique, or a complete return to form. First two are truly nothing great. I have very little say about them. I'm not into Transformers, and the celebrity impressions are almost as tired as the celebrity cameras at this point. However, our third segment ticks all the boxes for me in our spotlight segment, so I can't say enough about it. I was born and raised on peanuts. Named my cat Snoopy at age three. Yes, my cat. So you won't find me complaining about trampling a beloved classic. I think we all can do without Tom Turkey, but I'll take a little dumbness if it means we get gems like Lisa shaking mouse going, you owe me restitutions, and Homer laying on the doghouse and spinning a dog dish at Bart to feed him. Casting choices for the kids fits in so nicely with the Peanuts gang. The music and animation instantly sells this. Love how the... Love how even they animate the noise lines of the apple being tossed in the garbage can in the opening score. It's rich with such beautiful details. You can tell they wanted to do the Schultz's proud. I, yes, I can concur with that. I can almost guarantee that everyone working on The Simpsons at least has appreciation for Peanuts and Charles Schultz. And finally, Matt, from Mr. Simpsons writer, the ghost of Charles Schultz haunts me. He won't let me sleep. I'm so tired. I mean, maybe don't, maybe don't rile with dead people, Mr. Simpson's writer. Yeah, exactly. You got what you deserve. You know what you did. You know what you did. I mean, we all saw it. Uh, that's it. Thank you all for watching and, and leaving those reviews. Really appreciate it. You can support us uh, and join the Convocate of Calamity, the Parade of Pain, over at patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show, the best deal in podcasting. I'll say it again. Next up, it is time for listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. I'll listen to question of the week. This week is, what is your favorite Lenny moment? All 
Very good answers. Makes me laugh every time. Matt, take it away. All right. First up from Casey. Kids, turn off the TV. I have some bad news about Lenny. Not Lenny. When I'm feeling down, I watch that clip. It's possibly one of my favorite Simpsons moments. Mm, same, Casey. Uh, from Deshauna. Please don't tell people how I live. <laughs> that had to be a very popular one. All right. Uh, from Derek. Please don't tell anyone how I live. That's Lenny. He's a loser living a pathetic life in the cold, apathetic Springfield. He isn't the happy-go-lucky friend to everyone in town. Maybe others disagree, but between his swanky apartment gathering in season 17 and throwing a party for everybody in the last episode, these moments just chip away at the show's core. I know reality, sorry, Realty Bites has its detractors, but that Lenny scene showed that there was still so much of the show's original DNA in season 9, season nine and by season 20, it's pretty much all gone bye-bye. Uh, for Matt, I'm going to say cheat and say two lines that are similar. Ow, my eye, I'm not supposed to get pudding in it. And, ow, my eye, I'm not supposed to get jigs in it. They use the physical joke enough where it doesn't wear out its welcome. Very true, Matt. Uh, from JJ, when Lenny is put in charge of the plant in the old man and Lisa. Attention, everybody. Er, work harder. Bye. <laughs> then later in the episode, Smith has described it as Lenny's reign of terror. That is that is beautiful. Oh. Uh, work harder. Tim, of course, Carl. Good. Work harder. Work harder. Bye. Uh, from Tim, of course, Carl has to be involved. Lenny, I think I'll give my mom a call right now. Hey, mom, I just wanted you to know that you mean... Yeah, he's here. Gives phone <laughs> to Carl. Oh, fantastic. Uh, from Sarah, in Homer's Enemy, where Lenny introduces himself uh, first to Frank Grimes, introduces Carl and Homer, and then just tacks on another, I'm Lenny, to fill the awkward silence. Pretty sure I've done this myself before. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Uh, from Mr. Simpson's writer, I'm not sure he's ever submitted a, uh, a listener response before, but uh, my favorite Lenny moment is when we came up with the, my eye, I'm not supposed to get blank in it gag, because it meant we could milk that for all it's worth. I'm pretty sure there's only two of those, but I could be wrong. I mean, Matt, we're uh, only in Matt, season. We're only in season twenty. That's true. There might be more. I yeah. mean, I, I'm pretty sure I've watched all the episodes, and I, I don't remember any others. But anyway, uh, from Matt Board ATX, as Homer is attempting to bowl a perfect game, miss, miss. The split is making me choke. Spare me your gutter mouth. I paid seven ten for that split. Just a beautiful collection of bowling puns. Uh, from Matt, yes, it's Aaron. Dental plan, of course. Uh, from Matt Simpson's tweets, my eye, I'm not supposed to get pudding in it. Or, please don't tell anyone how I live. <laughs> uh, from Matt, MF Cannon, uh, season 18, episode 13, Lenny is depicted as a very bland character, and in his childhood, he says, my daddy said I could have any birthday party I want. My cake will be a picture of a dinosaur, and all the guests will say, why, Lenny? That's a fine cake. <laughs> this made me laugh so hard. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I don't remember that, but now I want to go back and watch it. Uh, from Matt, Hippie 200, uh, hey, I heard we're going to Ape Island. Yeah, to capture a giant ape. I wish we were going to Candy Apple Island. Candy Apple Island? Where they got there? Apes, but they're not so big. <laughs> I know Lenny only plays a small part in this conversation, but he is still a crucial part of it. Uh, from Matt Sycamorean, it has to be the moment from Realty Bites where we see how Lenny lives. It makes Lenny the most relatable character on the show. Uh, from Matt, hey, it's frisky. <laughs> Ow, my eye, I'm not supposed to get jigs in it. Robbie, what is your response? Uh, I mean, I... A lot of these times I want to like do something like oh hidden gem quotes or thing something from Lenny but it really is don't tell anyone how I live. It's really it's so relatable cuz it's like yeah, I've had those moments where you're like, you know, it's you're crouched in front of your refrigerator in the dark, the light of the refrigerator shining on your uh your 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 disgusting body eating like cold fried chicken. Hey, cold fried chicken is a delicacy. I I, I love cold fried chicken. I'm not. I I've done that, man. I'm just saying, like, if someone watched me do that, 
That's not. I look stunted. You, you would be embarrassed <laughs> by cold fried chicken, my friend. I, you have so more, many more things to be embarrassed by. Be more embarrassed about like my body in the in underwear in the night, middle of the night. <laughs> it's not, of like, course, of course. It's just you know, don't tell anyone how I live. I think everyone can relate. What is your answer, Matt? Uh, I'm gonna have to stick with how my I, I'm not supposed to get pudding in it. It's just so beautiful. It's like, <laughs> my I, doctor said I could take this eye patch off for one minute a day. <laughs> Not supposed Dude. to get put. Not right. supposed to get putting in it, man. I mean, you're not supposed to get putting in a lot of places, but the eye is definitely one of those places. So they nailed it. I think putting. I would take it anywhere else in my body, except, but before my eye. Yeah, that's true. Uh, anything in your eye is generally a bad idea. I'm very. I have sensitive eyeballs. I mean, eyeballs in general are pretty sensitive. I so. exactly. Our next week's question. We. I'm sure we in the annals of this podcast. I am sure we have asked this before, but we have not done it recently enough that I have forgotten my answer. So that means it's new, and that is what is your favorite quote from a Treehouse of Horror? Uh, it could be any anything, anything you want. Uh, post this question on our social media, on Twitter at Simpson Show Pod. You can email us at Simpson Show Pod at gmail dot com, and you can find the question and. Post your answer on our Patreon, which I'll mention again is patreon.com slash The Simpson Show. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. I have a lead this season, Matt. I have a lead of four points. Whoa. What is, what is happening? Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Uh, I'm I'm going to do my best to hold on. I'm grabbing that with clawed hands. Death I believe grip. in you, Robbie. De- it doesn't work when you say it, Matt. You're the person asking me the questions. <laughs> I need We need a third person to say they believe in me. Mm-hmm. That's when this is your cue, listener at home, to go, I believe in you, Robbie. That's right. Yeah, everyone say it into your, your phones, podcast players, whatever there are. Yeah. You, it's a collective belief, much like Millhouse on the Grand Pumpkin, will work. Um, give me an easy question, Matt. All right. Your easy question. Who fails to save the Simpsons in every sketch in Treehouse of Horror 5? That's Groundskeeper Willie. You are correct. Your easy question, Matt. Bart wants what for Christmas in Simpsons roasting on an open fire? Uh, a tattoo. That's correct. It's like, whoa, going way back to season one there. All right. Your medium question. What does Homer infect with the common cold in Time and Punishment from Treehouse of Horror 5? I'm trying to picture it. I know he's I, he infects with a common cold. I remember him sitting on a on like a on like a some sort of primordial creature. And I know that messes with the timeline. He coughs on something. Do they actually say common cold? I believe they do. Yes. Okay. I mean, I just assumed it was like random illness, um, which might as well be the common cold. Uh, is it a Tyrannosaurus Rex? You are correct. Ah! I was really thinking you would just say dinosaur and I'd be like, no, Robbie, you have to tell me the exact type of dinosaur. Oh, I, I just went like, okay, I was like, okay, I remember him sitting on the thing. And I'm like, well, it has to be a big thing then. Because he wouldn't kill a small thing with a cold. He would kill a big thing with a cold because that's funnier. Remember when they wrote jokes in the Simpsons? I did. They, they subverted expectations. Crazy idea, right? Uh, this is a... So, Matt, I'm going to give you... This is a medium question with partial credit. 
Oh, okay. You get a point for every answer. And this, you have the potential to get three out of two points on this if you get all of Whoa, them. Whoa, okay. But okay. it's a little bit, it's a little tricky because of that fact. But it's, it hews true to my rules for you and your trivia questions. Oh, dear. Okay. So, your meaning question What are the th- names of the three international Santas we see in the children's uh, Christmas oh, gosh. performance? Okay. Um,. Wow, first episode. What what made you pick stuff from that? I went on Freakyak and I typed in Charlie Brown. Okay. And Bart mentions Charlie Brown in the first episode. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Oh god, that's the only one I remember is Tawonga, the South Seas one. I don't even remember there being more of those. Um, let me think. Hmm. What? There are three. There are three. Okay. That is the only one that I remember. I did not know the other two, so I'm going to have to stick with that one. Okay. Well, you get one point, because Tawanga is one. The other two are Santa Servant Bruprecht from Germany and from Japan, which I believe is played by Ralph, or at least a prototype Ralph. (laughs) I don't think this is actually... This is not Ralph as we know him today, but Ralph plays Hotiashi, who is a Japanese priest who represents a version of Santa Claus. So it's okay. It's we get Santa Servant Bruprecht first, then Hotiashi. This then, is your medium question. Yes, man. It's said out loud, so it qualifies. Sure. You're, you're. I, I, Matt. I. It's the first episode. How many times have you seen Santa, Simpsons roasting on an open fire? Like three times. Really? You don't go back? I don't watch season one. No, season one is not good. It's not enjoyable. Oh, man. Oh, I thought you would. You would always talk to you. You literally told me you listen to Simpsons old the golden years in podcast. Like you make the podcast effectively. I mean, that's that's basically what I did. But I always started with season two. Oh, well, I may have gone. Well, you got a point. You're fine. What's my hard question? Your hard question. What movie does Marge recommend viewers watch instead of Treehouse of Horror 5? Oh, God. (laughs) If you're like, like she does the warning. Oh, my God. You know, Matt, those. Those old Treehouse of Horrors are so good. They really are. Like, you go back They're and watch them, so and it, just, it blows good. everything in mind. They're so good. Like I just now, you're just talking. You bring up these sense memories, and like, oh, Marge coming out warning the audience. Like it's oh god, the shitting, so, time and punishment. So good. Um, it's a really obscure thing too. I'm pretty sure the the blink blink. I know, she, like she says, I think she says the year, and she's like the the year classic movie title. I'm like, I really can't. I think I'm blanking on it. I don't have it, Matt. What's the answer? It is 200 Miles to Oregon by Glenn Ford. Glenn, okay, Glenn Ford. Glenn Ford Western. Glenn Ford movie, 200 Miles to Oregon. I mean, Glenn Ford, the guy who made all those John Wayne stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Made John Wayne who he was. Glenn Ford Westerns, their thing. They're they're, they're classics, especially if you're, right now, if you're an 85-year-old man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> otherwise they are lost to time um it was more tip that was that was a more appropriate answer like in the 90s there were lots of grandpas around who would love to talk about 200 miles to oregon but in the year 2022 those grandpas are gone mostly they're mostly gone i'm sure that if you watch like a certain does tcm even show that stuff anymore does tcm even exist so. anymore i think they do but i think they have original programming now <laughs> I'm I'm so lost. I'm so disconnected. Okay, Matt, your hard question. What is the name of the tattoo parlor Bart gets his tattoo at? Oh, gosh. Um, mm, 
no idea. The Happy Sailor. Oh, that's back before they, they got really clever with stuff, and they were just going like, ah, what's a good name for a, a tattoo parlor? <laughs> I, you say that, Matt, but like, I don't know. I think I have more respect from those season one episodes now that we've watched these such these terrible, terrible episodes. Like, there's certain there's still a lot of details put into that stuff in those. Like, I just flipped through it on Trinkiac, and there's a lot of little small little details here and there. Like, they put in the time. There's really is a, it feels rich, and I think that's if we would watch those episodes, I think we would notice that stuff more now. Like it's still that richness is still there, of like yeah, of, that's of, true of the writing of the world of the vibrancy of the of the characters. Like it still feels like there's a lot of like little tiny details thrown in here and there that makes it feel real, even if the episodes and the like the premises are still kind of you know sitcommy generic, and the animation yeah. the animation is dreadful, <laughs> but. Eh. You know, they're just starting out. They didn't know what they're doing. Um, I, Matt, guess what? You better, you better start, you know. Apparently I gotta start making my questions a lot harder. I guess so. I won't be so hard on you with season one episodes. I presume you had seen these a thousand times. Mm, yeah. Um, but also, <laughs> five point lead. <laughs> I'm certainly, this won't come back to hurt me in the end. My gloating. Nope. Definitely gloating not. Never <laughs> well, I, my pride will definitely not go before my fall. <laughs> That never happens. We don't certainly have another, like, 16 episodes to go with this season. Um, We can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode. Oof. segment we end every single episode with is time for Best Episode Ever. Best Episode Ever. Best Episode Ever is the bar of the show. Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. We watch them chronologically. Except this is just a horror episode. So we have to rank them separately as we do um uh, let me find trust for our rankings we have our own little list here currently number one is the shinning and last place is hex in the city um that was a rough one it was very bad um but these first two uh they're not going to do much better untitled robot parody matt where does that go on this list mm, okay Oh, it's it's real dumb and incredibly boring. Um, I'm gonna say it's below Frankenstein for oh, sure. Oh well, I'm I was like near the bottom, honestly. I think okay, okay, fair. This is, like, I was I, trying, I I was trying to remember these as I go, and I'm like, what is Heck House? What is what is the Ned Zone? I, I don't I don't remember a lot of these. I do remember several of the fattest and Mr. and Mrs. Simpson. I honestly, Mr. and Mrs. Simpson is probably better because at least it's somewhat interesting. It's a much better movie parody. This one is just so boring and stupid. I was gonna put it directly below Mr. and Mrs. Simpson, right above go 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 ghost d- d- dad. I I I get behind that, yeah. Okay. We're not gonna him and haul over these. There's three of them. Uh okay, so that's untitled robot parody at number fifty two. Next up is How to Get Ahead in Dead Vertising, uh, which is better than Untitled Robot Parody, but not much better. But not much better. It's now. in the, it's it's above it, but not. I don't I have no idea how much higher it will go. Probably not very much higher. What is what is the day the Earth looks stupid? Do you remember that one? Nope. <laughs> remember E.T. Go Home was the one where uh, Amos Kanarkotos builds a uh, you know comes to Earth and has to like, befriend Bart and find a way to get home. That is when the Simpson when the Springfield is fooled by War of the Worlds and. Uh, King and Kodos uh, come and yeah. honestly, it, whatever. It's not good. 
I'm going to probably say, I, I, I think uh, the dead advertising one probably goes beneath I Know What You Did, Italy, Italy Did, because that one's dumb. But this one is extra dumb because Homer just gets to heaven first and locks all the celebrities out. I just, and why is he getting paid to kill celebrities? It makes no sense whatsoever. I'm trying to think. Is it, it's, but it's better than Survival of the Fattest? I don't remember what that one was, honestly. I think Survival of the Fattest is better. That's, that's the most dangerous game. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. I uh, think that is better than this. This is worse than that. Yep. That's but fair. I would put this above Mr. and Mrs. Simpson, but just barely. I, just, I would honestly tie them if I could, but whatever. We don't, we don't do ties. We yeah. don't do ties. What is this, soccer? I mean, it's, it's, they're worthless. It's a point based system. It, it's fine. It works out. Um, although I would say that shootouts in hockey are, they don't make any sense. So they're definitely not as fair as a tie, but they're very fun to watch. So yeah, I'll take that. Finally, Matt, the, the only winner among these, it's, it's the grand pumpkin Millhouse, which goes, I would say significantly higher than almost everything down there. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, probably the, Twenties somewhere. That's somewhere. what I'm looking. At. I was looking at like, oh, so stop the world. I want to goof off. Where Barton Millhouse have a stopwatch that stops time. I don't think it's as good as that one, but I think we're getting close. Sending the clones where Homer clones himself I using would, a hammock for some reason. I would uh, sending the clones is fine. I think I would actually put this right below desperately seeking Xena. Okay. Yeah. Right yeah. Right above Wiz Kids again. Is that the Harry Potter parody? I believe it is. I'm Ooh, gonna look. I'm boy. gonna look it up just to make sure. But I'm fairly certain that is yes. That's the Harry Potter parody. Okay. Yeah. So I would. Yeah, I would say. I would say that this uh, very obviously Wizkids a Harry Potter parody. This is a Charlie Brown parody. I think this is better than that. I'm with you there. And I, but I do like the idea of. Uh, comic book guy collect and the, the superhero kids and that's all a lot of fun um and i think that i think that adequately captures my little unease about like well how much of this is the simpsons doing how much of this is just like hey charles schultz knew what he was doing when he made peanuts <laughs> right um so that is i'm just gonna copy and paste it because i'm lazy it's a grand palm in the millhouse that's a new number 26 on our our rankings right below desperately seeking xena right above whiz kids um, Untitled Robot Parody is number 54 and How to Get Ahead of Advertising is number 52 because both of them are wastes. They are bad but uh, it's Grand Puppy Mouse is fun, worth watching. Uh, so if you're ever going to go back and rewatch rewatch only the third one. You don't need to sit through the first two. They are not good. I don't not think at anyone, all. I think everyone kind of knew that going in but whatever. Um. So that's just for our rankings. You can find that that list. I, I Do I have that link on the website? I think I do. If not, I will try and get that up on the website. I thought I did it. I might be misremembering. Don't know for sure. Um, our next episode, Matt. Back to the normal episodes of The Simpsons. It is called Dangerous Curves. This is a flashback episode. Oh. oh to 1976. And this squeaky voice teen makes a is a prominent character. What? I think I don't huh. know idea what is going on. What this is, I don't. It does not look. I don't. Does very. A lot of people 
talking about how bad this episode is. <laughs> That's all I see is just a lot. Okay, of, well, really, I guess and it's ready even then. like it's really striking to me when I like I just peruse, I just glance at the Wikipedia page when I'm doing this preview stuff, and when and and it always stands out to me when I look at them, and every single time we watch these episodes, and I know they're probably not going to be good, but then I look at the the reception, critical reception. And whoever at IGN was reviewing these at the time is always like, eh, it was all right, 8.2. Like, an 8.2 <laughs> out of what, 100? And, but no, it's 8.2 out of 10. But this time, the same, I think it's the same critic from IGN gave this a 5.8. Oh, God. Which, okay. if you grade, if that's on the IGN scale, that must be like a zero on ours. That's terrifying. What is happening? What is waiting for us? Um, but that's next time. Can't wait. Dangerous curves. <laughs> sure, it'll be great. Um, what do I do? We whoa, we plug things now, Matt. That's what we do here now at the end of this episode. Uh, it's uh, you can find all the stuff. I think I said this is SimpsonShow.com, which has links to all other things. Our RSS feed, our Twitter, our Patreon. If you want to help us out, throw the show a couple dollars. Would really appreciate that. Um, you can find me online on twitter at robbie dorman and my website is robbiedorman.com has links to all the things i do online there including links to purchase all of my novels my newest novel a horror novel is called killer hockey mascot uh the day this comes out is my birthday so if you want to give me a birthday present go pre-order the book it's five dollars on kindle it's worth your money and i will love you forever and you can just say as you click the button you can say happy birthday robbie if it makes you feel better. I, it makes me feel better, honestly. <laughs> so make Robbie have a happy birthday. Yeah, exactly. Um, the killer hockey mascot is... I You listened to the blurb already, so you kind of already know. But yes, it, it's a book about a killer hockey mascot. It's awesome. You should go, go pre-order it. Really appreciate it. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is accurate. Uh, I spend most of my time, uh, rather than eating for myself, feeding others. And by others, I mean tiny little kittens, which you can see on Kitten Turns at K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. You can see how incredibly adorable they are and how much incredible work we put in behind the scenes uh, to keep them looking that way because, man, they're always trying to not eat and get sick and poop everywhere. It's just, it takes a lot. But you get to enjoy the spoils of our, our efforts. And if you live in an area, maybe you could possibly adopt one of them because they'll be up for adoption soon and they're super cute. They're very cute kittens. You should definitely do all those things that Matt just said. It's a good idea. I follow them. Be like me. Be like Robbie. I mean, in that specific way. Don't necessarily copy any of my other terrible actions. I mean, you could also be a writer. The world does need more writers. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't. Why would you? <laughs> Robbie doesn't want competition. Sorry, no, I, no, it's nothing. To, there's plenty of competition, man. I'm just for your own mental health. Oh, okay. Don't. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Go live a normal life. Don't be a crazy person. Uh, what do I say? I say that'll do it for us today. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching the scissors. Shh.